Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the BitCast. The last couple of months, I've been more interested in trying out the world of visual novels or games that are at least similar to visual novels. They have the elements of a visual novel. You might remember me doing an episode a while back about Doki Doki Literature Club. Well, today I'm going to talk about a visual novel series that is also morbid yet enjoyable, but in a different way. It's a series that I've kind of taken the last month to familiarize myself with. It's been around for a few years now, though. It's called Danganronpa. It's Japanese for bullet rebuttal, but it's just Danganronpa. That's the name of the series. And the name refers to an ability of the protagonist during certain parts of the game. There are three main games in the series. The original game, which is localized as Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc, and then there is the sequel, Super Danganronpa 2 Goodbye Despair, and then New Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony, which doesn't have as much of a connection to the first two. There was an actual Danganronpa 3, but it was an anime, and it took place after the second game, but it also covered a lot of the backstory of the first two games, and it served as a sort of conclusion to the ongoing story arc. There was also a spin-off game called Ultra Despair Girls, which was a third-person shooter, and it also takes place between 1 and 2, and there was an anime adaptation of the first game. For the sake of this episode, I'm mainly going to talk about Trigger Happy Havoc, Goodbye Despair, and Killing Harmony. I should also say that there's an ongoing continuity in the series, as I've sort of hinted at, but I feel that Goodbye Despair and Killing Harmony, especially the latter, can be enjoyed on their own without really having to know too much about the previous games, because... They do take the time to kind of go over important information as it becomes relevant. In each of the three installments, the premise is simple. Fifteen or sixteen high school students, each an undisputed master of their respective talent, they're all called the ultimate and then whatever their talent is, they're all trapped together. A black and white bear named Monokuma appears and reveals that the only way to escape imprisonment is for one student to murder another one and then avoid getting caught. Inevitably, someone takes the bait and kills another person. And after an investigation period, all the students participate in a group discussion where they try to name the culprit and then vote. If the culprit avoids detection, they get to leave and everyone else gets executed. But if the culprit is caught, then they get executed in a very brutal and ironic scene, and it's usually borderline silly. And everyone else gets to live, and then another murder happens, and this goes on for a while until the deeper mysteries surrounding the students and their confinement start getting revealed. This series is a bunch of murder mystery games. It's kind of like the Ace Attorney series in a way. That's the comparison that a lot of people make when they're introducing the series. When I first heard of the Let's Player Slowbeef talking about this series, he kind of used that as the example. He said this was basically a messed up Phoenix Wright. In addition to the whodunit aspects, there are a lot of lore and twists, so it's really hard to talk about the series without giving a whole lot away. 
I'll try not to spill everything. I'll try to keep this as general as possible given the focus of this episode, but I wouldn't be too surprised if I started going into more spoilery stuff in the future with other episodes, maybe even some parts of this episode, so there's your warning for spoilers. Back in around 2010, the original game was first released in Japan, before it saw a Western release in 2014. Between these releases, a member of the Something Awful forums nicknamed Oren Ronin did a Let's Play of the original Danganronpa. It was a screenshot and text Let's Play. It's not like you see on YouTube, where you have a guy talking over the game and walking you through and reacting to everything. It was more like showing off pictures of the game and having captions that explain what you're supposed to do in the different moments. And that was what he did for Danganronpa. This allowed him to bring the game to a new audience because it was originally just exclusive to Japan. What he did was do an unofficial translation of the game. The forum thread took off as more people got invested in the mysteries of the game and finding out who the killers would be, who would survive, who would die, who the overall villain controlling Monokuma was. It got very passionate, and a lot of people discovered the series this way, as I've said. In 2012, a sequel was released, and Oren Ronan got to work translating the game just as he did with the first. But turns out that, thanks to the buzz created in the fandom, that Spike Chunsoft, the company who makes these games, they realized that Westerners would buy a Danganronpa game. So they made an official English version of Super Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair, and that ultimately cut short the life of Oren Ronin's translation, but it came as a result of the game getting an official Western release and seeing, you know, a bigger audience. That's a pretty good trade-up, I'd say. It's kind of like Fire Emblem all over again, how it started as an exclusive to Japan series before Marth and Roy showed up in Smash Brothers, and now look, we've got Fire Emblem on our phones. Both Japanese and English versions of Danganronpa V3 were released in 2017. In each of these games, the chapters have a formula to them. You start with your daily life, which involves your character hanging out with everyone. Real casual stuff, but... You also get the introduction of new information and Monokuma's next motive to get people to kill each other. Invariably, you do end up finding a dead body, and the daily life becomes the deadly life. During the deadly life, Monokuma gives everyone limited time to investigate the crime scene and relevant areas of interest, though there's really not an actual time limit, he just kind of says that. There is at least one moment in the series where you are timed, but that's also pretty generous when you get down to it. And after you find all the clues, which are referred to as truth bullets, the class trial begins. In my opinion, the class trial is the real meat of the game, and I wouldn't be surprised if most people agreed. Things are at their most intense in the class trial. They're fully voice acted compared to the other scenes where you just get a few one-liners... You have to remember all the clues, and you sometimes learn new clues from playing mini-games, and no matter what, someone will die at the end. The truth bullets play into the series' title, as there are parts of the class trial where everyone gets into a discussion, and they all keep repeating themselves until you target the right piece of dialogue with one of the truth bullets you collected. These are the non-stop debates. And in the first game, you merely shot holes into the weak arguments to find truths. 
If someone would say something that your evidence would contradict, you target that line of dialogue and fire a truth bullet at it, and you're like, no, that's wrong! And suddenly new information will come to light. In the second game, and in V3, you could also agree with statements this way to bolster certain arguments. Also in V3, you would occasionally have to find a statement and then turn the truth bullet into a lie bullet. And there, you would tell a white lie to get the discussion back in the direction it needs to go. Sometimes these truth bullets are replaced with truth blades for a sequence called the Rebuttal Showdown, and in Goodbye Despair and Killing Harmony, another character will sometimes interrupt you as you're speaking, and you have to use the truth blades to get past their arguments, and then you can finally make your point. In Killing Harmony, you would also have these moments called scrum debates, when everyone would be split on two sides of an issue. The protagonist has to strategically switch between themselves and the characters who agree with them, and they all take turns countering the other side's arguments. The last use of truth bullets are the boss fights at the very ends of every trial. By this point, you've revealed the culprit, and either they or someone sticking up for them will force you to play a rhythm minigame, and winning that will generally let you defeat the culprit at long last. There are other gameplay elements, such as the free time scenes during the daily life, and there are side modes where the story is more light-hearted, and... There are some of the mini-games in the trial sequences that I didn't discuss, but like with the Metal Gear games, Danganronpa is a series that I don't really have, you know, the direct experience with. I've never actually played any of the games as much as I've wanted to. I've spent countless hours watching playthroughs of the games and reading all the information in different articles about them. I even watched the anime adaptation of the first game. So I feel I'm qualified to talk about the series at length, but I'm gonna be honest, some of the finer details are very likely to go over my head, so I'm not a complete source of information, I just kinda wanted to gush about it and maybe make a few people interested in it from hearing my first impressions. If you'd like to give the series a try, the different games are available on Steam. They're also available for the PlayStation 4 and Vita, depending on which installment this is going to talk about the story elements in a little more detail now, and that's even more likely to have some spoilers, so there you go. As morbid as Danganronpa can be, it really shows when you get to the villain's motivation. Their goal is simply to bring complete and utter despair to the world. The puppet master behind Monokuma is a very twisted person with their own priorities. Complete and total despair is best feeling in the world for them for some reason. They're just that far gone, and they want everyone in the world to feel that kind of despair. Despite that, the main characters always end up counteracting the despair with a concept of their own. There's always one last class trial at the end of the game where the handful of surviving students go up against Monokuma himself before he gets replaced by his master. Whoever this master is, it's usually the same character, they start doing a pretty good job of driving the protagonists into despair. Crucial information about the students and their backstories and the nature of their confinement, they all get revealed and it's usually too much for the characters to handle. Then the protagonist gets their second wind and they convince everyone else to stay true to themselves and they get the best of the mastermind in the end. 
This sets up the series theme of hope versus despair, as hope becomes the guiding force that Makoto, the protagonist of the first game, uses to rally his remaining friends against the villain. But for all the lip service about hope and despair, that's really only mostly true in the first game. In Goodbye Despair, Hajime, the new protagonist, and his friends, they reject hope and despair and settle on just taking the future as it comes, realizing that there'll be some good and there'll be some bad, but they're all going to be the masters of their own fate. In fact, you've got this crazy guy who's always rambling about hope and despair in that game, and he's kind of portrayed as a messed up caricature of Makoto from the first game. And he always does everything in the name of hope, even if it's twisted. He values the idea of hope more than he values individual lives, including his own. And he's very much an extremist, but he's also an important ally at times. So it shows that there are some gray areas to hope as well. Or at least people who blindly cling to concepts without really understanding what they mean in moderation and nuance. And while Goodbye Despair focused on the uncertainty of the future, Killing Harmony decides to replace hope and despair with abstaining from the conflict altogether, just wanting to live in peace. There's also a big running theme with truth and lies, and how lies aren't really a completely bad thing. Sometimes lies are really motivational. Lies and fiction are conflated together, and an example of a lie being motivational is pretty much any story ever. Anytime you're telling a fictional story, such as a fable or a mythology, it's used generally to impart a lesson. Even some video games are like that, so those are thought of in Killing Harmony's terms as motivational lies. So the whole theme of lying and telling the truth and the occasional ugliness of the truth, the gray area in between the two, that's also explored in the game. A lot of people like to think that the series is just about hope and despair, but there's a lot more to it if you really pay attention, and I think that's obvious to most people who play the game, but it's a notion that I had going into it that was corrected for me, so I was a little surprised to find out how deep it really went. So I'm just speaking for myself there. Trigger Happy Havoc builds up hope to be the best counter to despair, which has a logic to it, but afterward the series really hasn't been afraid to point out that the negative aspects of hope can be just as damaging as despair itself. In the end, it becomes about these central themes of each game. Under all the anime tropes and the high school stereotypes and the death games, there are lessons to be learned in how one decides to face their own present and future. Of the three stories, I'm partial to Goodbye Despair, the second game. The themes resonated with me more compared to the others, and it's not just the theme of embracing the uncertainty of the future, but there are some other things I like. So for that reason, I'd like to gush about it in detail, but I'm hesitant to do that here given the focus of this episode was just to be kind of a series overview. So instead, I'm going to wait until I actually get to play the game myself, and have a debrief over it in a future BitCast episode once it's finally put under my belt. But here's the gist of what I like so much about the game. There are themes about coming to terms with one's self-worth and what they'll do with it after that. There's a bit of a theme of forgiveness and moving on from one's past. And that's, you know, something that I think is 
really important for me right now, at least. It's a kind of a personal connection that not everyone's going to feel, but that's a thing that I like about the game and kind of makes it stick out as the favorite for me. Between that and having my favorite cast of the series, that's the short version of why I prefer Goodbye Despair. Now for today's favorite songs... The series soundtrack is done by Masafumi Takada, who's done excellent work for the No More Heroes series. I'll pick one song from each of the three games. Argument, Turn Up the Heat, which has been featured in all three games. Kill Command from Goodbye Despair. And Rise and Shine Ursine from Killing Harmony. Argument, Turn Up the Heat plays during the class trials during the non-stop debate sequences when everyone is flapping their jaws and you have to use the truth bullet on the right piece of dialogue. There are a few songs for these non-stop debates, and all of them are of varying intensity. This one is kind of more intense, but not as intense as a different version of the song. It sounds like something that would play as a sporting event of some kind, and that kind of fits with the class trials being the most stressful and gameplay-intensive portions of Danganronpa. The class trials are a veritable coliseum as it is, so, hey. Kill Command is a very intense embellishment of an earlier theme from the same game, Homicide. During the Deadly Life investigations, you investigate clues, as you do, and Homicide is the background music. It's kind of jazzy, almost. But in the final two chapters, it's replaced with Kill Command. And while I said that Homicide was a little jazzy, Kill Command instead just breaks out the electric guitars, letting you know that everything is a lot more serious than it used to be. Which is fitting, given the gruesome crime scene that you find right before you hear this theme for the first time. Rise and Shine Ursine is the song that's associated with the Monocubs. These are the goofy children of Monokuma, and they're introduced in Killing Harmony. While Monokuma and the similar mascot characters all get their own light motifs, the Monocubs theme is my favorite out of all of them. It's a completely bizarre song where the lyrics are trying to count past two and almost always failing, and there's stuff about a powerful ruler, and how you're about to go on an adventure, and none of this has anything to do with these five weird teddy bear henchmen. So it's just kind of funny to just compare the song with the song is supposed to be about, and that makes it all the more memorable. Anyway, that about does it for today's bit. If you want to try the Danganronpa series, as I've said, they're available for Steam and on PlayStation 4 and Vita, depending on which entry in the series it is. And if you've enjoyed the show, I encourage you to consider subscribing and telling your friends about it so all of you can enjoy new episodes together. You can also listen to these episodes on iTunes, which is also where you can find the Danganronpa soundtracks. In the meantime, I have been the Axeman, and I will see you on the next one. Listen to BidCast anytime on PodcastOne.com and on the Podcast One app.